Hello and welcome to the 35th episode of the Language of Myself podcast. Today we will be discussing last week's big question. What do you want from life? And the psychology, evolutionary tactics of women and the plight of men in the 21st century. So without further ado, let's begin. The question last episode was, what do you want from life? Honestly, I don't know what I want from life. Can I really demand so much from life in the first place? To me, expectations always lead to disappointment. In school, there was a catalogue to purchase toys from and I really wanted a particular toy. I hassled my mother until she agreed to buy it for me. Equipped with a letter and a form filled with money, I headed to the front office and gave it to them. Now, it was just a waiting game, so I waited and waited, yet no toy arrived. Impatient, I burst into the front office and demanded the reason why my toy hasn't arrived yet. There, they told me the cruel truth. There was never any money in that letter in the first place. I was deceived to, lied to, weeks of eagerness, weeks of anticipation, only for the greatest disappointment to unfold in front of my eyes. What is there to get from life? I don't want the endless void of a hedonic lifestyle. What I want is more spiritual. I want to know what it means to be alive. Spike from Cowboy Bebop had a real and artificial eye. Those eyes don't see the present nor the future. His life was in constant limbo, neither dead nor alive. The more I ponder about my life, the more I wonder whether I'm alive or not. But to feel this for the rest of my days, for my pitiful and pathetic life to end, without a shred of evidence that I was alive is not something my soul can accept. So whilst my heart beats and thoughts swirl in my mind, I must find out what it means to be alive, no matter the cost. That's what I want from life. Yet, even as I say that, There's ambivalence and hesitation. Since everything will work out perfectly fine if I were to just throw away my philosophy and live like everybody else. A 9-to-5 job in IT is lucrative. With that, I could afford to live lavishly without any worries. Renting an apartment, using dating apps to get the girls, meeting up with friends to drink the night away and spending the rest on holidays. To be materially rich or spiritually rich. Which would you prefer? Charles Berkeley bummed around America for 10 years. The authors of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance went on a road trip across America. Robert Greene held 80-odd jobs before he became an author. Perhaps only through an adventure can we discover what we want from life. Too bad, those kinds of journeys have an immense opportunity cost, especially with the younger age bias as discussed on the previous episode. Women, incels, simps, and the mountain of single men. In the 410th episode of the Chris Williamson's Modern Knowledge podcast, Why is the Modern Dating Market a Mess? His guest detailed a lot of psychology and evolutionary tactics of women. Too much knowledge about women can strain dating and work relationships with females. On average, women date across and up status hierarchies, whilst men date across and under. Effectively, women are subconscious gold diggers. Those with higher statuses tend to have greater wealth. Men who lose their jobs are often divorced by their wives as well. They lost their status and she can shop around for better prospects. Doesn't this sound terrifying? You aren't loved for who you are. Instead, it's dependent on your status or job. Women who out-earn their male partners have a greater divorce rate and any male who remain in those relationships have a higher use of impotence medicine. In today's age, women have an enormous advantage over men in the workplace. Just look at all the advertising, sponsorships and diversity quotas. Every business wants a high environmental, social, and government impact score, ESG, as mandated by the largest investment firms like BlackRock, Goldman Sachs, and more. 
Higher ESG scores usually mean diversity, inclusivity and equity mandates, which benefit women, not males. Pressure to be seen as socially cool amongst the younger generations incentivizes companies to harp on about their female gender statistics. But how many good and capable men would have to be systematically discriminated against to reach a 50-50 parity? Most things in life are unequal. See the Pareto distribution where 20% accounts for the 80%. The education sphere is the guiltiest in terms of systematic discrimination against males, where male applicants would either be binned or ignored in favour of female or hot minority groups. With all these disadvantages, males will find it increasingly difficult to climb the status and corporate ladder through no fault of their own. In contrast, their female SO would receive promotion after promotion. It's a sea of opportunities for her. Then what? The female out-earns the males and initiates a divorce? Or he has to constantly take impotence medicine to get it on? When males and females work together in the workplace, females change the dynamic where it unintentionally favours them. Males, on average, are more competitive and aggressive than females. They want to be the ones on top of the dominance hierarchy. Jordan B. Peterson talked about an example of this, where males would shout each other down to speak their word. I've personally experienced this in a Zoom meeting with colleagues. Just as I was about to say something, someone else started, so I let them finish. I tried again, but I was interrupted once more and I let them finish. Then, this happened a third time, except I was having none of it. So I interrupted them, stating that I will finish my piece first. But what if that third time was a female colleague? Then I'd just look like a bully if I won, and a wimp if I didn't. What the hell could males do? The more females that exist in a business, the more the rules unconsciously bend to favour them. The most terrifying statistic of them all is how women don't settle for less and their relationships seem to follow the power law. That is a small number of ultra-high status men get nearly all the women. So what about the rest of us? When you look around, it's virtually impossible to catch up with the Joneses. People just have too much of a status and wealth advantage. The power law would be fine if women settled for less, since high status individuals are a minority anyway, but they don't. They tend to advance their career instead. Of course, this is their individual choice and nobody should force them to do anything. However, it effectively reduces the available pool of women to date. Most revolutions are born from disadvantaged young, single men. ISIL, Boko Haram and other Islamic terrorist groups recruited men by offering wives they could never attain normally. In the future, if things continue as is, more and more women will advance the workplace. Those high-status women will only date high-status men. The rising systematic discrimination against men will result in average men never achieving high enough social statuses. The existing women through constant advertising, dating apps, and social media, have increased standards and only want ultra-high-status men. Thus, the average Joe, who already struggles with stagnant wages, inflation, and rising living costs, will not be seen as an option. Those women who remain aren't interested in Joe either, and would rather advance their career. So what remains is a plethora of disadvantaged, single, young men, who may become increasingly interested in said terrorist group's offers of wives they could never attain. Perhaps those terrorist groups would even expand their operations to kidnap Western women to increase the pool of potential applicants. Now, after saying all this, if we were to date based on this knowledge, everything seems hopeless. Unless you're already a high-status individual who can get virtually every woman he wants, I say ignore this knowledge. It will only bring despair and depression. It could mean we'll look at every woman with extreme suspicion, 
perhaps trying to sabotage our SO's career so she'll never advance her status or income to prevent her from initiating a divorce. Honestly, I don't know how to utilize this knowledge. Either become someone extremely paranoid, looking at every statistic to prevent yourself from getting fucked over, or simply accept the truth. If you lost your job, or your SO has a better career than you, then it's likely the end of your relationship. Another option would be using fuck buddies or prostitutes to satisfy sexual desires, then services like hire a girlfriend in Japan for the relationship slash company side of things. I gave you this knowledge, now it's on you to find out your own personal conclusion. The question this episode is, if you had a year to live, would you rather have a bucket list filled with only big things or only small things? From that list, what would be your top three and last three things? With that concluding thought, thanks for listening to the Language of My Soul podcast. If you wanted more, then visit my blog at langsoul.com. If you had your own answers to the big questions or wanted to send through your own big question, then there's a voice clip link in the description or email me k at langsoul.com.